how are you doing today? Um, thank you for tuning in. This is Saving Your Soul with Dolly, and I am your host, Dolly Barker. And I am so thrilled that you're listening today. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of uh, talk out there about, you know, once saved, always saved, or if you get saved, can you lose your salvation, and all these things. And, and they do have scriptures to back those things up, except... What I find a lot of the time is that they have taken spirit and soul and they have intermingled them. They've, they've used them in and out with each other like they're the same thing and they're not the same thing. Um, the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.23 that um, the very God of peace will sanctify you wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y, the whole you. And I pray that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless into the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, God is a spirit, a soul, and a body, and we're created in His image, and we are all three also. And there is a difference between your spirit and your soul. You must be born again. That is the very foundation of Christianity itself. You must be born again. You have got to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior because... He is the only holy sacrifice that could pay for the sins of mankind. So without the Lord Jesus' sacrifice, you are not holy. And you cannot have a relationship with God until you're made holy. Now, some people are going about trying to do it by works, which good luck with that because the enemy is a deceiving deceiver (laughs) and he is not going to let you do that. I mean, he will, you know, how could Eve eat that apple? Because Satan is very deceptive. And about the time you think you've got everything figured out, life will throw you a curve and you will realize you don't know very much. You know, I think it's amazing when you look at the the books that the Apostle Paul wrote when he first started writing books, he was so bold and cocky. And by the time he wrote his last books, He was saying, I am the least of all the apostles. You know, he realized as he continued to grow, he realized how he has got to decrease so that the Lord Jesus can increase. And that that has been the theme. And not because, you know, I used to take that wrong. I used to think, well, you know, God wants me to be a nothing and a nobody. But that is a perversion of the scripture. You're only great when you become the servant of all. When you recognize who you are, and you recognize who the Lord is, is when you actually become strong and undefeatable. You know, um, Jesus is the greatest, and yet he's the servant of all. That means the world system, the way we pull each other down to get on top, you know, we climb over each other, it's a dog-eat-dog world, and all those things, to get to the top, and and that's a deception because by Jesus's example, you get ahead. You become the greatest when you are lifting everybody else up, when you're putting others before you, when you're helping them establish what they're supposed to be. That's when you truly find greatness. You know, the Bible says, don't be conformed to the world. In other words, quit thinking like the world thinks, but be transformed by renewing your mind, trying to understand what is God saying here? Because as I receive what he's saying, and I line my life up with him, I will start to truly find peace, purpose, 
um, you know, understanding, the blessing, everything, the power, increased anointing, the ability to save the world. You know, you don't need that ability if the only one you're worried about is you. <laughs> and that's what the world system's preaching, you know. Do whatever you got to do to get ahead, but that's not beneficial to you or anybody else. Um, I wanted to look. Today, I wanted to study out some of the book of Philippians, because when we're talking about the difference between your spirit and your soul, your spirit got reborn at salvation when you called upon the name of the Lord Jesus. You were born again. Your spirit became alive unto God. You became a living child of the King. It is so beautiful. Nothing is going to ever separate you from the love of God. Now, he loves you tremendously. And if you're born again, you have an eternal reward. You have chosen wisely, and I'm proud of you. But what's next? So many people think that's the end of it, you know, because it seems like sometimes what's going on and what's being taught seems like it's contradicting itself and all types of things, but it really isn't. Um, sometimes if it ever seems like it's contradicting, that's because we're missing something. Um, then you can pray about it and ask God to reveal it to you, and he certainly will. So I want to present today some more talk about your soul, which is so similar to your spirit that the Word of God is the only thing that can discern between the two of them that tells us that in Hebrews. So your soul is so much like your spirit that was, you know, the core of who you are, your foundation. But it is different because you have an active will. It's the part of you that is you. The part of you that you get an opportunity to save. The apostles of the Old Testament did not have this opportunity. They're in heaven, but they did not get the opportunity to save their soul. That was reserved for you for right now, for this season. And so I want to encourage you to prayerfully try to hear what I'm saying. I know this is not some common teaching, but I want you to understand that there is a way for you to not only obtain victory in this life, but also to lay up for yourself a crown of life, uh, treasures in heaven. And it's <clears throat> you're not going to need to wear a hat probably when we get there, I don't think. The crown is your soul, your position. You know, every part of you that isn't saved cannot go with you into eternity. And um, the Bible says you, you're saved and yet you lose your souls in hell. You know, there is going to be a great burn off of things. Um, and so I don't want to do that. When I stand in front of God, who's an all-consuming fire, I want everything that I've built in my life to be purified. You know, when you, when you build with gold, silver, and precious stone, those things are purified by heat. But when you build with wood, hay, and stubble, <clears throat> it's talking about this over in Corinthians, you know, you're going to suffer loss. You know, those things are going to be burned off, and, and that's not the will of God. So let's look over in Philippians chapter 2, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> um, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, remember, we're talking about saving your soul. So we're going to talk about your mind. That's a part of you that is separate from your spirit and your flesh. That's the part of you in the middle of those two entities that get to decide, who am I going to follow today? Am I going to follow the Lord and let my spirit lead me? Or am I going to follow the enemy and let my flesh lead me? And your soul gets to make those decisions. Your soul is where your will is. This is where your mind is. 
Um, this is the separate part of you, the individuality of you, and you want to take that into eternity with you. <clears throat> it says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Now, this is the way Jesus was thinking. Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. There is a way for you to renew your mind, to understand things the way that God does, to the point where you literally see yourself equal with God. And uh, he didn't think that was robbery. He didn't think that he was doing anything wrong there. It was the way he was created. I know for a fact I want my children to grow up. And I, I don't, you know, I'm not God, but I mean, I am. But I don't want my children to not reach their full potential and become just like me and their dad, which I'm believing because I'm, I'm living a human experience here. I want my children to do better than I've done. <clears throat> but as far as God, he's perfect. You, you can't do better than him, but you can do like him because he's our father. But he made, in verse seven, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of the things in heaven, the things in the earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And that is amazing right there. That's a great package. Wherefore, my beloved... As you have always obeyed, and not in my presence only, but also much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. This is talking about, he's already told you that we've confessed Jesus Christ as Lord to the glory of God the Father. And now he's calling you, my beloved, now, <clears throat> since that's happened, now begin to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Um, this is where we start. Once you've been born again, we begin our work of saving our soul. It is so important. If you turn over, um, well, maybe not in your Bible, but in Philippians 3, 14, Paul is explaining this. You know, he, he's talking about to save my soul. This is like the prize. This is the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He's saying, I'm pressing toward the mark for the prize. This is what I want to end up with. I want to end up with the salvation of my soul. I want to end up at the end of my life having obtained everything that was available for me to have obtained. This is a very important thing. And so it's the high calling. You know, you cannot fulfill your destiny on this earth without renewing your mind, without being transformed into the image of Christ, without understanding all of this stuff here in the natural. And right now, I'm telling you, look around at the world. They're in desperate need for the manifestation of the sons of God. But where are they? Where are we? We've been written off as unessential. You know, and so the world is not <clears throat> thinking for even a minute that there's anything for them to even look at. But I'm telling you, that's changing right now. The Lord has shown me that's changing. And the church is, the way, there's, there are a lot of people that are currently on fire for God, serving the Lord, saving their souls. And they're incredible, powerful men and women of God. And the triggers are happening and they're standing up. And it is beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, in verse 15, 
So he's telling us how. We want to press towards this mark and obtain this prize. I want to fulfill my calling on this earth. And when I stand in front of God, all I want to hear is, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. That is my plan. Amen? Let us, therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if anything be otherwise minded, God shall reveal it unto you. Listen, this should be the mind that you're trying to obtain. Nevertheless, whereunto we have already attained, let us walk in the same rule and let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as ye have for us an example. So anyway, Paul's saying, you know, I've written all these books. I've walked this thing out in front of you. I'm doing this thing. Follow my example. The Bible tells us, follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Amen? For many walk of whom I've told you often, and now I'm telling you even weeping, they are enemies of the cross of Christ. I'm going to tell you right now, there are a lot of people, most people, um, believe that they are born again in this country. Most. Not everybody, but most people confess the Lord Jesus Christ and believe that they're saved. Now, there are some lost people. And, you know, there are powerful evangelists out there working the fields right now. But I'm, I just want to say, you can be born again, but because you have no concept of saving your soul and being transformed and trying to become what God created you to be, you literally take the grace of God and say, oh, well, you know, I'm going to go to heaven when I die. I can do whatever, you know, I'm forgiven. God, you know, God doesn't care. And, and that kind of attitude, and when you, when you willingly and knowingly, and, and you've, you've got it all figured out how it's okay for you to do whatever you want to do, um, you are a servant of Satan's. When you see him, when you live a lifestyle where you think it's just the okay thing to do, you're literally <clears throat> yielding yourself servant to the enemy. When you do that, you have opened a door of access into your life which allows him permission to come into your life. And when he is in your life, he has the ability to pull the strings and manipulate you. Now, you're unaware that he's doing that to you. Of course you are. If, if, if you knew for a moment that that's what he was doing in your life, you would shut those doors. You know, that's what the Lord had to show me years ago. I was a, uh, an alcoholic, and he, I, he never told me I couldn't drink. Because I was trying to serve the Lord, but I didn't think I could quit drinking. I mean, I was an alcoholic. And I was serving the Lord, and I was having all these problems that didn't have anything to do, I didn't think, with alcohol. I was having marital problems. I was having financial problems. I was having depression problems. I was having all kinds of stuff. And I would went to the Lord, and I'm laying it all out for Him. And I'm, I'm asking Him, you know, Lord, help me, deliver me. How can I fix this? And He told me that I had a door open. And it was allowing the enemy in my life, and he was wrecking my life, and I didn't even know it. I just thought I was getting, you know, bad luck or, you know, just life had dealt me this cards, you know. I mean, I didn't know that I had literally opened the door to allow the enemy into my life, and he was destroying my life. He was destroying my family. I was on the verge of a divorce. I couldn't even find, I, I was a horrible parent, you know. I mean, I'm just struggling in every area. And I said, what door? And he told me, my door that I had open. I'm not condemning anybody. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying, my door that I had open. He said, shut the door of alcohol. And I said, okay. 
I shut that door of alcohol because he had instructed me to do it. I had the grace to do it. He, had, he was with me. He gave me the ability to do it. I didn't even have withdrawals and stuff. It was amazing what he had done. But <clears throat> my point is when I shut the door, just shortly after that, I started recognizing the fact that all of the problem areas of my life were getting fixed. They were getting healed. They were getting restored. And I didn't even understand it. And it was sometime later before he revealed to me that that's what I had done. I had opened up an access for the enemy to come in. And um, everybody's doors are different. You know, I mean, it's, it's not a matter of <clears throat> thou shalt not drink. And that's the only sin out there because I know there are some people that preach things like that. And I'm not saying that. And when I went to the Lord and asked him what I needed to quit doing, he never even mentioned the drinking to me early on in my life when I was trying to figure out how to change my life. He mentioned things to me that I didn't even know I was doing. So it, it, you have to let God walk you through a process of changes in your life if you need to make them. And he's really the only one that can make the suggestions and give you the grace to do it. So what I suggest is that if you feel like there's some areas of your life that you need to change, I would ask God. And I would let God reveal it to you because literally he told me areas I didn't even know I was doing. He never mentioned my drinking until I came to him and laid out all these problems that I was having. Then he revealed to me that I had a door open. And it was, it was destroying my life and it was literally making me an enemy of the cross because I was having all these problems and all this drama and I was just in a mess. I was in a state of constant strife and confusion and, and, and just it was just... Ugly mess. Um, it says, Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. I was totally following my flesh in that area of my life. And because I had chosen to follow my flesh in that area of the life, I had allowed access of the enemy in my world. He was destroying my world slowly and gently and subtly where I wouldn't snap that it was him. And he did it in such a way that it seemed like it was just the cards I was dealt. And then whenever I shut that door, I realized, okay, now wait a minute. Now everything started shifting and changing. And we need to do that. It says, um, if you read on, it says, for our conversation, that means our behavior is in heaven from whence we also look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile bodies, that it may be fashioned unlike his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. When I, when, I, when I counted on God to help me with this, and I was able to shut that door in my life, all of a sudden I was able to gain victory because no longer was I going to follow my flesh in this area of my life. I was going to submit to God. I was going to submit to his plan for my life. And because I'm in a dispensation of grace, I had the grace that was necessary for me to be able to trust God and to stand and walk through that season. I said, how am I going to do this, God? You know, I can't. I, I don't think I can go without drinking. And he showed me a scripture in the Bible. He took me there and he showed me. It says, be not drunk with wine where in excess, but be filled with the Spirit by singing and making a melody in your heart unto the Lord. So right there, he showed me what to do. Every time I started feeling pressure, every time I started feeling like I needed to drink, I would just stop and sit down and start worshiping the Lord. And, you know, that would totally change my entire, uh, you know, just when you sit down and start worshiping the Lord, the Bible says um, that He is holy and that He inhabits our praises. 
that, um, you know, you come boldly into his presence when you're worshiping, th- bringing thanksgiving and, and singing to him. So whenever I started singing to the Lord, the Lord would show up and inhabit my, pres- my praises. He would literally manifest in my home and peace would come over me. And the need to have a beer wasn't even there anymore. You know, all of a sudden a peace would come over me and I would be okay. And I would talk to God and we would work out whatever situation I was currently going through. And then I would get up from there and I would go ahead and go cook supper or do laundry or whatever I needed to do at that time. I was a stay-at-home mom. And so I just learned how to trust the Word of God and do what it said versus following my flesh and doing what it said. Because following my flesh allowed access to the enemy who was destroying me and using me to be a problem in the entire world. I was a problem to the world because of all my issues and all my fighting and anger and bitterness and all the things that were just fuming out of me like pus out of a sick wound. I had all these issues, and it was literally a stumbling block for anybody else who thought they might want to serve the Lord because I just had all this stuff. And God wanted to heal my broken heart. He wanted to bind up my wounds, but I had to trust Him in that area of my life. But I couldn't do it. The thing about it is, you got to own up. I can't do it, God. I don't know how to do it. What do I do? He gave me the solution. He is so beautiful. And I want to go ahead and tell you, from that time, when I learned how to control my circumstances in my home by stopping and praising God, there have been numerous times, numerous times, where I will be in a restaurant or on a subway or in another country or on out of town on a trip, and the enemy would just manifest and just be doing something crazy in some place that I'm at, you know. Even at even at meetings, I've been in meetings in churches before where the devil was just manifesting somewhere. <laughs> And I could just stop, and if I just started singing to the Lord real low under my breath, because I knew how to get into the presence of God, because of that season, I was constantly practicing worshiping God and getting in the presence of God. Now, I can be somewhere, and there can be something crazy going on, and I just real low under my breath, I just start singing a praise to the Lord Jesus and shift the entire atmosphere of wherever I'm at and bring it back under kingdom authority. And it's that simple. And you know, because of my experience, because of choosing to save my soul, because of choosing to do something God's way instead of the world's way, not only did I get deliverance, not only is my marriage so good and my my relationship with my children is amazing and and I'm, I haven't been depressed since. Since the time I shut that door, I have not been depressed or suicidal again. All these things that I got delivered from, and I mean, I was suicidal for years there. I was hospitalized two or three times. I was on Prozac. I was taking all kind of pills and drugs and stuff. I I had all kind of things, but all that was gone. And I have no regret. I have no regret. Now, if you just run out there, oh, Dolly said, well, if you quit drinking, everything will be fine. And you just try to quit drinking on your own. Listen, you're not going to get the same results I got. I'm not talking about you just being some rogue Christian out there trying to do everything perfect on your own. That would lead you to self-righteousness. Self-righteousness is going to lead you into pride, which is going to cause you to fall. That is the wrong route. 
I'm talking about having a relationship with the Lord Jesus and allowing him to begin to transform your mind, to save your soul, to understand there's a purpose to go to church. There's a purpose to listen to faith preachers. There's a purpose to be in faith for something yourself. There's a purpose for being surrounded by and knit with a group of believers that are strong and independent powerhouses on their own. And they're knit together, and it is literally life-altering. One of my children did try to drink. That lasted about two weeks. And um, immediately, as soon as as that door was open in that child's life, um, the enemy ran right in there and tried with everything in him. Within just a few months, uh, her life completely changed. Everything about her world changed. And the enemy, you know, you try to tell your kids (laughs) what he was doing to me. But, you know, they were young. They didn't remember. But that door got immediately shut. And now they understand. And so that's just a door our family, that's just an iniquity that we have that we can't play with. And so we're not going to. Maybe your iniquity is pornography or maybe your iniquity is, you know, drugs or uh, violence or anger or, you know, it could be a million different things. And so the best thing for you to do if you want to figure out how to get some doors to shut in your life so that you can start getting some healing and getting some uh, power in your life and fixing your world, you know, then I would just sit down and say, Lord, give him some time to talk back to you, but sit down and say, Lord, You know, here's where I'm at. I don't like my spouse. I don't like my marriage. I'm really frustrated with these kids. I don't know what to do with them. I'm not sure I want to be a mom. You know, I've got all these bills. Everything's crazy and out of control. I just want to, I'm just sitting around here and write my notes and try to contemplate how I'm going to kill myself and not leave my family in a mess. And, you know, I mean, I just, I laid it all out before God. Told him everything and said, God, Help me. Please show me what to do. And then you just shut up and sit there for a little while and listen. It's, that's what Jesus purchased you. Jesus paying that price literally ripped that veil from top to bottom. And God was able to invade your life. God could come into your life because the vessel was now purified. Because of what Jesus did, he could put new wine in you. He could come and live inside of you. Before, if the holiness of God had even come close to you, it would have obliterated you. But because of the sacrifice and because you had the wisdom to say, Lord Jesus, I need you to save me. That was, it was all it took. Jesus saved me. Bam, instantly, the Father, the Spirit of God can move into your life and you become something brand new. You become something that's never been seen before. The prophets of old, the angels in heaven, everybody's looking at this going, why can't I have this? It's so incredible what you have. And that's where it all starts. And because he's with you, he is your ever-present help in time of need. Nothing will separate you from the love of God. Now, if you choose to take God and go off and live um, following your flesh and those things, 
Trust me, you're going to have doors open. You're going to have the enemy in your life destroying you, which is going to make you a horrible witness for the Lord. You know, I look at, I'm just going to take politics. It's just, I could take any one of the seven mountains, but just like politics. You've got all these people, Democrats and Republicans, and all the people that aren't even in one of those groups, you know, all the independents and all those people. And almost every single one of them confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior. And yet what they're doing, the strife, the confusion, the fighting, the, all the craziness and the, the selling out and taking bribes and, 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 and voting for the wrong reasons and not caring about the people they're representing and all the things on all the sides. I'm not picking sides here and I'm not about to discuss politics. I'm just saying we're taking this one area and I want you to see that they're all supposed to be Christians. So what's going on? They're not following God, even though they're born again. Now, the problem with this is because they're born again, they're the most powerful entity on the world, on the planet. But because the enemy's perverted what they have going on inside of them, he's using it for his agenda. And because we have a gaping door open, we have... Every conceivable political problem on the planet rushing into every person's life. We've even allowed a pandemic disease to just come into America. We have a huge gape door open. And so, you know, what the Lord is showing me right now is he's shutting the door. He's shutting the door. And, you know, it's going to cause problems for a lot of people. But it's time for us to come back to the Lord and say, God, forgive me. This is, we're in Rosh, um, Rosh Hashanah up until, you know, Yom Kippur. This is our season, our 10 days of repenting. Turn this ship back around. Let's shut some doors. And, and then let's start focusing on trying to follow God and not our flesh and see if our world just doesn't fall back into place good. I want to just share a few more verses with you. In chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Ugh, this is a good day, guys. Let your moderation be known unto all men, because the Lord is at hand. That means, um, you know, God's, God's here. We need, to, we need to get ourselves under control. Be careful for nothing. That means don't worry about anything. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Remember I was telling you about how if you start worshiping God and, and thanking Him and singing to Him, He'll, he'll inhabit your life, and things will, you'll get to see clearly what you need to do. You can discuss with God. You can ask Him for what you need. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. And finally, brethren, what things soever are true, what things soever are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are of a lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall keep you. Listen, what that's saying is don't be worrying about a lot of stuff. And once you, after you, after you make this decision to save your soul here and you're focusing on the Lord and you're going to try to do this, don't allow the enemy to cause you to sit around and think about all the things you've done wrong, all the mistakes you've made, all the sin you're involved in, all your shortcomings, all the people and all the things that are going on to you and all the, the sickness and the illness and the money lack and all those things. Don't sit around and think about all that junk. 
Start getting in control of your mind and deciding you're going to keep your mind focused on the right things. It's going to be a little bit of a season probably where you have to learn how to do that. But as you keep your mind focused on what God says and what God wants for you, get yourself locked into a church that's going to teach you the Word of God and help you become a mature Christian. I'm not going to coddle you around here. We're not going to baby you. We're not going to feed you a bottle every five seconds. We expect the people that come to this church to take the Word and grow and do something for the Lord. And so if that's not what you want, this is not where you should come to church. But you need to go somewhere to church. And you need to get locked in and you need to figure out how to start saving your soul because it is vital for your happiness, the happiness of your family, y'all's protection, the peace that you experience in your soul. You should not be stressed out and freaked out. You shouldn't be riddled with disease and problems and stuff. This is the will of God for you. That you live in victory, not only now, but when you get to heaven for eternity, you get to keep all the treasures that you've laid up and all the things that you've done for the Lord. Listen, I love you. I'm so excited that you listened today. Thank you. And if you have a friend that this might help share it and stuff like that, if you have any prayer requests or anything, message me, text me, you know, let me know, and I'll be praying with you. I'll stand in agreement with you because it's important that we pray for each other. Amen? Listen, I've gone a little long today, but thanks for being patient with me. I love you guys, and I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.